Hey everyone and welcome to another episode or to the very first episode, so to speak, of the Bleeding Metal podcast. My name is Pia, she, her, and I'm here together with Kiki. Hi everybody. And we're gonna talk about the topic of mental load today. Um, I'd start with a quick definition of what mental load is, but I don't really agree with this definition. <laughs> So um, we're going to extend the topic a bit. So the definition is the mental load, also called cognitive labor, refers to the invisible, non-tangible tasks involved in running a household. One bonus commonly associated with live-in romantic relationships is a division of labor. Partners might divvy up duties to share the load, so to speak. Um, I think this is a bit... Or this is not enough to define what mental load is. So I would describe mental load as being responsible for things. So a person with a mental load is or can be seen as a kind of a manager. There can be several tasks that have to be done and they are done by different people. But one of these people is responsible that everybody really does their tasks and always has to think about what has to be done and Maybe also who has to do this. So everything that has to do with planning and keeping something in mind, organizing things. So you permanently have to think about the tasks. And even though you can handle the task over to someone else, you might have to remind them um, so that they are really done by that person. So basically keeping everything going. And that takes a lot of time and also mental resources. That's why it's called mental load. And what is really important, this kind of work is invisible because you're not doing something productive. You just, just, <laughs> uh, you keep things going. And this work also never ends because um, often things have to be done again and again, like when we think about the household, uh, for example, doing the groceries, mm -hmm. uh, or writing meal plans and stuff like that. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about the mental load in relationships, but also I thought about the mental load in bands because in bands there are also things that have to be done regularly that are invisible. And yeah, I'm very interested in how this works in bands and that's what we're going to talk about today. Did I yes. forget something? <laughs> uh, no, nothing at all. That was really good. This is our second episode though. <laughs> the first one was an introduction episode, so... <laughs> Yeah, but after that, we talked about feminism more, way more in detail than in that oh, first one. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit confused these days. Um, yeah, but by the way... That's okay. Our very first episode, we got a very great response by a lot of people. So <laughs> should have said this before maybe. But yeah, thank you for your great feedback on our introduction episode. And yes, of course, Indeed. this is episode number two. <laughs> 
yes, we are very grateful to all the people who have reached out to us with lovely feedback. And we uh, love to hear that kind of stuff. It's it's the thing that keeps us motivated to keep going. And it's what makes it so much more worth it that we have a little bit of an impact if we have uh, somebody out there who can resonate with we, what we are saying and what we are discussing here. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, coming back to today's topic of mental load, I think... The definition that you read, Pia, is very accurate. And in cohabiting partnerships, romantic partnerships, that is when it is the most noticeable, I guess. And mm-hmm. so that's how the the topic as a thing or how this concept has been getting a bit of attention, which is important. And so it is obviously very important that we open it up and expand expand the topic to everything where it applies but it does remind me of that um a meme well it wasn't really a meme it was this kind of feminist illustration the comic by emma clit is it the same you have in mind maybe um the name of the comic is you should have asked right yes yeah yes that exactly. describes it very good yeah yeah so it is this uh, couple heteronormative man and woman couple And she is exhausted, you know, tending to the whole household and children, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And uh, the man, male person, uh, tells her she should have asked him to do stuff. Yes. And that is so problematic because, first of all, we have to stop seeing household chores as something men help out with. Mm -hmm. Because... It's not helping out when you are making the half of the mess or maybe more. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you are contributing to this mess. So it's also yours to clean up Mm -hmm. and it's your responsibility. You are living, you are eating, you are wearing clothes that need to be washed. You are making dust that needs to be cleaned up, etc., etc. And so if you're contributing to the mess... It is also your responsibility, just equally uh, as every other person that lives in a household, to clean it up or tidy it up or whatever needs to be done. So men don't help out because it's not the women, the woman's job. Okay, right. It's all of our jobs. We need to share these chores and we need to be the ones who do them willingly as well. And the you should have asked is this problematic thing also because, first of all, you're not doing me a favor in helping out, right? And the other thing is I shouldn't have to remind you to do things because you, and this is where the mental load starts. This is where where the mental load kicks in, right? Because you should see as well that the house is dirty or that there are dishes to be put into the dishwasher or to be taken out of the dishwasher or to be done just, you know, by hand. Or that the things that need to be done. So you shouldn't need to be reminded of that. You should think of that yourself. And that is, as you were saying, Pia, the invisible organizing work mm-hmm. that especially women, uh, in this in this case specifically, for example, we do that the most. I mean, guilty, right? I remember a few years ago, I have always... I've been... In a relationship with my hus- husband for 10 years, we've been married for seven. And 
the household chores have always been <laughs> our fight. <laughs> <laughs> If I may uh, talk about experience right here, that of has course. always been our fight. I mean, we are very happy and uh, and together and it's all good. Don't worry about us. <laughs> <laughs> But um, household has always been the thing where I always get angry because he can tolerate a little bit more chaos than I can. And so I'm the one that gets mad quicker and starts furiously cleaning up and telling him to do things and one time I remember he said I just need clear orders from you and then I'll do the things mm, ouch. Mm -hmm. yeah and then it was like uh-huh okay but he lived alone before you moved together right yes So not, he should know what has to be done. <laughs> not very also. long, though. That's the thing. He didn't okay. live alone alone too long. He lived with, with his ex-girlfriend before that as well for like a little bit. And then he was alone as well again for a little bit. And I remember when you first started dating, like uh, he didn't invite me over to his place right away because he was like, I need to clean up first. <laughs> <laughs> And well, yeah, 10 years later, we also have to clean up our cats messes and so it's an effort and it's something that we keep working on right and it has gotten mm -hmm. a lot better but we got past the point and I did send him that comic that we just described and he himself also read uh, several articles and was like okay I understand and like uh, like there was this kind of growth and development as well mm -hmm. but that was the point the point of you need to give me clear orders uh no Mm -hmm. You're putting an extra an extra task on me. Yeah. Then it's not 50-50 anymore again, mm -hmm. right? If I'm going to be telling you to do stuff, I might just do that myself. Yeah, and the problem also is um, it would be still your responsibility to remind him. And maybe when he doesn't have the time at that moment, you tell him and he wants to do it later, you might have to remind him again and control yeah. that he really does it. And that that is so exhausting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, that that's totally the thing that you can do it that someone has the responsibility, but you have to change other things then. For example, when you are the one who's giving orders, then he has to do 70% of the so-called productive work of the work that can be seen in the household because you're, exactly. you have the mental load to remind him to do that. And that would make him also mad, I think, because he would think, okay, I'm doing... More than half of More the physical work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the physical yeah, work. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. The one that we can see and touch, so to speak. Yeah, that is that is very true. And that is the thing where I talk about my kind of feminism, right? My feminism is about choices, about decisions. There was a time where I was also super happy to be a housewife because mm -hmm. I was not working at the time. Um, so it's always about talking about these things, at least for me, in this kind of relationships. It is always about talking about all of these responsibilities and um, getting to agreements. And yeah, as you were saying, okay, if I'm going to be the one that's organizing, if I'm going to be the one that's printing out the activity sheet <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. gluing it to the refrigerator, then he has to do some more of the heavy lifting. And that is also okay. But it is a, a task that we need to talk about. It is mm -hmm. it is an extra on the to-do list that we need to talk about. And it's a huge extra. So it's also okay when you're fine with doing all the work in the household or carrying all the mental load. There are relationships where one partner works more in the 
in the company. So um, one person might be in the house more than the other one, and then you can um, share the duties in another way. But it's very important to be aware that this kind of work exists and that it's not a small thing to do. It's a, it's constantly um, mm -hmm. having something in your mind and yeah, constantly thinking about it. Maybe even organizing yourself with tools, with apps or whatever, when you're not able to keep all these things in mind by yourself. So um, that's the most important thing that we see this kind of work, that we make this invisible work visible. And as you already said, speak about it. Yes. Exactly. So I'm living together with my husband since eight years now, I think. Yeah, more or less exactly eight years. I don't know how we made it in the beginning, but we, from the start, tried to share the work that has to be done in the household 50-50. So when the house had to be cleaned, we did that together. And now we we share the duties also in another way. So, for example, in our household, I'm responsible for the laundry and my husband has nothing to do with it. He's responsible for the dishes and I have nothing to do with it. We both nice. buy the groceries and write meal plans, but we do that every week alternating. So one week it's my responsibility, one week it's his responsibility. I feed our cats, he cleans their toilets. So um, we both know what we have to do and we both know that the other one doesn't do these tasks for us um, of course sometimes we ask each other to do that when we don't have the time and then we are also very happy to help the other one out and my husband also knows um, that he has to feed the cats when I'm on a business trip and stuff like that but that works quite good still I don't think that we share the duties 50-50 because I just think that it's impossible <laughs> to do that but um That is a way that works very good for us so that none of us is mad because something, because I again have to do the dishes because he can't stand it that is dirty for a longer time than I can. We don't have these kind of issues anymore because yeah, we, we know what to do and that the other one doesn't take over the task if we don't talk about that. Yeah, and you don't have to remind him or, yeah. or, or you don't have to tell each other what to do. Mm -hmm, exactly. That is really good. You mentioned a very good point there. How can you, like, I don't think there is a way to exactly calculate uh, the amount of work or energy or tasks, right? I like to put things into the uh, dishwasher, for example, because I think I can, I can fit more stuff mm -hmm. because I, I play Tetris with the dishwasher and also with the, with the laundry. And so uh, my husband's uh, job usually is to take those things out and put them into mm -hmm. the, the cupboards and things. Um, but is that equal? Is that the same exact work? Um, if then you count, you know, the detergent or the, or the wash, the dishwasher tabs or whatever, you know, it's, it's just, there's just no way of really knowing that it's exactly 50, 50. Mm -hmm. So that's not the point either, but the point is just that it feels equal. Yes. That we that we don't feel that one is doing more than the other or, you know, taking advantage of these outdated uh, gender roles. Mm -hmm. I want to refer to something you said earlier. The important thing, again, is that no orders have to be given. Yeah. Because that really takes a lot of work <laughs> mm -hmm. from the table. So Yes. But also the other things that we were talking about, like just... This mental process of analyzing, I am doing more work than the other. 
is already also work, mm -hmm. is already taking energy. The thing of having to sit down with each other and have a conversation and telling uh, the other, I want to talk about this today, is also taking energy. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that is also all of the extras that we cannot really calculate how much we're doing. But when we think that it's equal, um, like you were saying, you with the with the business trips and things reminded me the same of the same. When I am away, like right now, because when you listen to this, it will be the end of November and I will be in Ecuador doing, uh, again, some volunteering for a feminist organization in Ecuador or, well, more than feminist, is a women's rights organization. Very important and really cool work. Yeah. Yeah. And so meanwhile, my partner is taking care of the cats and, and the home back in Germany and doing all of the things. And that also applies when I... When I go on other kinds of trips, when I visit my other partner, for example, uh, but that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And um, as long as we feel that we are doing the same amount of work and also work that not only contributes to the to the household or to the maintenance of the household itself, but work of taking care of our relationship mm -hmm. and of each other as well, all of that is is energy is work that we don't see and so yeah we should just talk about that and and have the feeling that we are sharing that i think we could do a whole episode about emotional work <laughs> as well yes we should we should that's a very good idea <laughs> yeah but um did i interrupt you or can i the last thing i want to say is Even though a dishwasher has to be, you know, filled and emptied, it's a relationship savior, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> true, true story. Doing the dishes by hand is a way different story. <laughs> <laughs> Not even vacuum robots like Roombas and such. Not even those are or take that much away from the work that, that we would be doing. Mm. What I wanted to add is also that very often you really can't calculate also how much time you need for a task. For example, when, you, when you're doing the groceries, there might be traffic jam. When you go to the store, there might be a lot of people because you're there at the wrong time. <laughs> so in one week, it can take you 30 minutes. The other week, it can take you two hours. So that's very hard. But um, in a relationship, there are also other tasks to do that don't have to do with the household. For example, keeping in touch with friends and stuff like that. So more on a social level. True. That is so true. When I grew up, for example, it was always my mom who would reach out to all of my, my father's friends and family on their birthdays, for example, mm -hmm. or to his mom on Mother's Day and such wow. like that mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Right. And, and that is also, yeah, that is also part of being a family and part of taking care of other types of relationships you know relatives and friends um, are also relationships and I, i don't know why my mother did that right mm. but i think i also kind of have inherited that kind of feeling of okay i have to take care of our social relationships as a as a family or as couples and um that is weird That's, that's a good thing to be aware of. I, I hadn't thought about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I have the advantage that my husband is way more social than I am. So. 
he keeps in touch with his friends and his family far more than I do and also mm -hmm. with some of my friends <laughs> and I'm very thankful for that <laughs> that's good that's good yeah yeah but also in this um when it comes to other things to um, meeting friends or also other activities like organizing trips or what mm -hmm, are we doing mm -hmm. on the weekend that's also stuff that um, can be organized in a or that has to be organized somehow in a relationship you need to talk about these things and Yeah, in the end of the day, someone has to bring that to the table and someone has to organize it. And that's also and do a it. part of the mental load. Yes, yes. And that's also, yeah, that's also a good point. There are so many things that um, that also come back and contribute to these to this mental load and the sharing and or whether or not it is shared in organizing trips and vacations and stuff. I, I really like to do it. I have a lot of fun with that. But yes, it takes a lot of time as well. That's also, um, sorry for interrupting, but that's mm -hmm. also important when you think about sharing the duties that have to be done, that you can talk about, oh, I'm really having fun doing laundry, mm -hmm. but I hate doing the dishes. So it would be great if you would do the dishes and I can do the laundry, for example. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't have to be... A burden all the time for yeah. everybody. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's not this this like heavy dark cloud that we have to take care of. It can it can be fun. And we just were mentioning the different types of relationships that there exist. <laughs> so uh, maybe that's that's a good segue to go over to other types of relationships in which mental load can become a topic, and we can go through friendships. Mm -hmm. A friendship is also a type of relationship that needs care yes. and uh, emotional work and also scheduling and or planning, for example. And so being the only person that texts the other and mm -hmm. asking for when are we going to meet is tiring as fuck. And mm -hmm. at some point I've given up so many friendships because, well, honestly, they weren't friendships to begin with. If I was the only one telling the other, we should talk or see each other, right? Yeah. That is sad, um, <laughs> but that is one type of relationship. What are more? Can do we have more examples where it can be like so important to discuss the mental load? First of all, I think that's the reason for most friendships or so-called friendships that they stop existing because um, someone yeah doesn't put any effort in the friendship. Mm -hmm. um, maybe also when we think about work work itself there as i already said <laughs> mental load is or the person with the mental load is kind of the manager and when we look at companies then i would say that the people in the management section aren't very productive but they have to make sure that things are going or that they keep going and if you see it like that <laughs> that are also the people that get more money than the others Oof. That's very interesting. <laughs> that is a good point. That is a very good observation, yeah. Mm -hmm. When you were saying before about how much time it takes to do this or that chore or task, I was also thinking more, more about work and how we are actually kind of used to work being quantified in hours, mm -hmm. in working hours, and how this whole movement of new work and flat hierarchies in companies and flexible working hours and all of that is starting to change that or has already changed a lot of that depending on which industry and or which company you are mm -hmm. 
we were actually actually just discussing about that yesterday with my coworkers. We were having this meeting and uh, new work is for us a big topic as a company because we we live these flat hierarchies, flexible working hours and working spaces already, all of that kind of philosophy, quote unquote, but we kind of want to take it further as well through technology. And so we were talking about this when we depend from one another's work, right? If I'm waiting for, uh, this was our example. If I need our graphic designer to finish a design or something for me so that I can publish it on the website or on socials or wherever, how do I remind her of that without having to have a fight, give her an order, um, set her set a deadline for her because we are equals. I'm not her boss. Mm -hmm. And the same the other way around, right? When she needs a headline for for something that needs to be designed or um, or just when she has more to do than do nice designs for me. How do we uh, share that mental load and organize and, and get organized um, with each other so that we don't have to wait on the other or be reminding them of that. And I think in this type of work situation is a little more complicated, mm -hmm. but it's also good to have this conversation yeah. because, and that was the idea that I just had before when we're talking about romantic relationships, it has been way more normalized to sit down and have a conversation about, you know, what are we, where are we going, blah, 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 whatever. How often do you have those conversations with your friends, with your relatives, with your coworkers? Mm -hmm. Like, just sit down and say, okay, we are working on this together. We want to make the best of it. These and these are our goals. How do we communicate better so that we make this work? Mm -hmm. I try to do that from time to time. So um, I am kind of a team leader in my company and especially when there is a new task that has to be done then I try to put a lot of effort in that right in the beginning so that I say um, how do you need this file do you need it in word do you need a pdf what works best for you I don't manage to do it regularly but especially when we have new tasks I ask the others how does this work best for you mm -hmm. uh, what can I do to make this work for you easier and faster And if that doesn't make me myself slower, if that um, is totally fine for me, then I will do what fits best for the other people. But you're completely right. We should do that more often. And I have the position that, or I'm in a more leading position than the people I work with usually. So that's easier for me if you're on an equal level. Yeah, it's the other person might feel like you're trying to be bossy or something. Yeah. And also you were still talking from a very organizational perspective, mm -hmm. which is great. But I'm also speaking on more of a human level, mm -hmm. right? My mentioned colleague, our graphic designer, she and I have been getting to know each other much better lately. And that has made our collaborations so much better. Mm -hmm. Because also we can, just as humans, we can speak to each other We have more trust now, so we can talk more directly and, and openly without being bossy or insulting, you know, or, or, or anything like that at all. And that is, that is what I think we should also do more. 
get to know each other as humans so that we can have better working relationships, better friendships, any type of uh, relating between humans. And also having these kind of sit downs and asking, as you were saying, asking, how, how do you, how can I make this easier for you? Mm-hmm. How could you make this make things easier for me? How can we both, well, yeah, function together in a better way? Mm-hmm. And that also takes us to band Podcasts. relationships. Wait, you can podcast. You have. <laughs> uh, you can also talk about the metal load in podcasts and doing a podcast like we do, because that's what we did. I don't know some weeks ago, <laughs> mm-hmm. when we also thought about making over the whole podcast, <laughs> changing the name and everything. Then we also talked about true, um, which kind of work has to be done coming back to relationships just for one thought that i have in mind i will or we will put um, the emma clit comic in the show notes because it's really brilliant and when you scroll down there is also an explanation for why the mental load is or why most of the time the mental load is higher for women and that is also because We train boys in a very young age that they shouldn't play with a a small kitchen, a kid's kitchen. They shouldn't Mm -hmm. play with dolls Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So we teach them from a very, very young age that household is not their duty. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't do that (laughs) because that's also bad for the boys when Mm -hmm. they are not um, able to run a household by themselves later, mm-hmm. they might have a very big problem. Yeah. So if you're not doing it for the wives of your boys, do it for the boys themselves. Teach them how to run a household. Don't tell them that they are not allowed to play with dolls and stuff like that. Just let them be humans. Don't tell them to go find a woman and that will be a good housewife. Yeah. That is still very prevalent in, in societies like like Latin, America, Latin mm. America. Don't tell them at all to find a woman because maybe he's interested in men or non-binary yeah. people. Yeah, don't tell young humans that they need to find a partner. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should tell them to be fine and healthy and happy on their own. To have some more self love and self-worth on your own that is so much more important and better when you are in a relationship but yes we we are we are again in in feminism everything is back to (laughs) feminism i love it i love it when people ask me for an opinion in, in something completely not related at all and i'm like i know the problem is misogyny the patriarchy, the, the you know, sexism. It's <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and then very often explain. it comes down to that. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, yeah, we've been talking a lot about care work, and that has been very a very feminine thing in our in our societies, and it shouldn't be. I think we are all humans in the end, so every type of relationship, even if it's not a, a strictly emotional one, like a, like a friendship or a romantic partnership, every type of collaboration, a, like a professional relationship as well, in the end it also comes to treating each other with respect and as humans, right? Mm-hmm. So that is also how this kind of creative professional relationships, like making podcasts together, having a band together uh, are also 
relationships. I remember, I don't remember who said it, but when I had my band over 10 years ago, <laughs> it, it rang so true to me. Having a band is like being in a relationship, but like five people at a time. Mm -hmm. Or were we four? Were we? Yeah. We were four, <laughs> five? Several I don't people. remember. <laughs> But yeah, like several people all in a relationship together. And when someone does something that the other one doesn't like and you cannot communicate in a basis of respect and or share the load and, and, and the responsibilities with each other from this respectful, um, mutually respectful perspective, it makes things so much harder. And so, yeah, I mean, we were a very rookie band. We just had to, um, you know, throw in the money that we needed for our rehearsal room. And we had this one, I just got, <laughs> can I say the name? Because <laughs> back then it was this uh, pay to play festival thing, mm -hmm. but that was supposedly, you know, like supporting newcomer bands and it was the best that you could do as a newcomer band um i would say it's not mm -hmm. but can i say the name yeah of course <laughs> emergenza festival just i just got their newsletter again after 10 years mm -hmm. it's this kind of battle of the bands in different uh, cities in germany mm -hmm. and then you know the winner of each city they face each other at the end in a german-wide battle of the bands and then the winner gets a festival gig or something a big festival gig well we signed up because it, it sounded perfect what we didn't know was that once we had signed up for the concerts we were playing we had to sell at least a certain number of tickets oh. and if we didn't sell that we had to pay from our own pockets mm. so that was uh, a thing that we also had to like get organized back then and and get the tickets distributed among each other um among well the the band members and then you know the whole thing of um planning a set list and when we were gonna get there and i don't even remember honestly but back then I think I took a lot of that mental load willingly upon myself because I was very perfectionistic and that was like my band and my concept and the name that I had given it. That's a very difficult thing in bands because you have many possible constellations and sometimes there is one band member who writes all the songs. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the whole band writes together. Sometimes you have one person who writes the lyrics and one who writes the music and as you just said sometimes there is a person a kind of a band owner yeah um, who then has more of the work to do but on the other hand this is also the person who is in the position to kick other members out yikes yes um i was just thinking about that as well where we started talking about this When you have the mastermind of the band who put mm -hmm. everything together and who does the most most of the songwriting or whatever, that mental load is also usually kind of rewarded mm -hmm. because it is spoken about. Yeah. It is either the band leader or the mastermind behind the project or whatever. And they get that kind of recognition in the press mm -hmm. and in public. And power in the band. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that part, though. Yeah, that's true. They they have this higher power in the band that maybe not everybody is in agreement with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is a very interesting thing to think about. 
I guess I was just thinking of mental load in terms of these invisible tasks that nobody recognizes, nobody sees, nobody appreciates. And mm -hmm. in this case, it is recognized and valued or, um, you know, sometimes it's just scandalous. <laughs> <laughs> As you just said, there are so many things um, you already mentioned, like maybe you have to sell tickets or nowadays you have this social media work to be done you have mm -hmm. maybe you have to organize gigs and tours on your own keeping mm -hmm. in touch with the label if you have one thinking about stage performance as you said set lists stuff like that so there are also many many things that have to be done that don't have anything to do with the music itself but if you see this or if you see a band as a whole organization so to speak then there is still this person who's doing the songwriting, which is also important. And maybe that person shouldn't be the one who also does the social media work. But on the other hand, it's also important to talk about that and to appreciate that person who does the social media yes. work and who writes the set list and thinks about the stage performance. Yes. Because as you yes. said, that's way too invisible. Mm -hmm. And yes, maybe they're doing it out of perfectionism. Maybe they're doing it because it's just fun for them to be the organizer as well. Maybe they're doing it because they think nobody else will. Yeah. And or somebody else will do it badly. Mm -hmm. So it is something that, that, we, that should be talked about. And as you said, appreciated for sure. Yes. And also, um, if the band is growing, it could also be an idea to hire a manager for some of these tasks. A tour manager, mm -hmm. social media manager, booking agent and stuff like yeah, that. So and you then, can outsource tasks. But even then, I was just thinking about that as well. Uh, like the making the decision of hiring a manager, a booker, of signing to a label or not. Is that also something that, that, that is made democratically and that anybody or everybody brings up? Or it is also a mental load of one specific person, band member, that says, this should be the next step. Mm -hmm. We should do this. And then again, starts giving tasks out. It is all very complicated, but it should be more talked about and more visible. Yes. Another thing that just uh, came to my mind is the extra, sometimes invisible work as well, not only of the, as I was saying, as we were saying, mastermind behind the band, but also of the vocalist. Mm -hmm. Vocalists are usually the center of attention on stage, yes. in pictures, interviews, etc., And that also puts pressure on them. It's not only like, like, yay, it's my face on every on every magazine cover and, uh, and mm. that person is the famous one. It's also a responsibility to have to take care of a specific reputation maybe or, or have to prepare for all of those interviews or have to look a certain way or dress a certain way. And all of that is also pressure that in our countless interviews that we have had for the podcast and for the magazine until now for metal and high heels and now bleeding metal <laughs> that we have heard from people that it is extra work and or extra energy taking taken from them yes plus when you're on tour your body is your instrument you have to take mm -hmm. care of your instrument in a very different way than the other people in the band have to yes for example um when i talked to caroline westendorp she said she doesn't drink at all at a tour because she couldn't she wouldn't be able to perform mm -hmm. or, or sing 
So yeah, that's also something yeah. um, to keep in mind. But what you just said is even more invisible that you you're always the center of attention. Whether you want it or not too. Mm -hmm. And then again, a different, as we were talking last time, intersection. What if you are the vocalist and you are a woman, then you are also immediately where, whether you want it or not looked uh, with another lens mm -hmm. you might be criticized more about how you dress and how you look you might be sexualized um you might be not taken serious not taken seriously and that again puts a different type of pressure on people on, on women on their performance on uh, what they want to say and be in the world Mm -hmm. We have mentioned before the uh, Soaring Highs and Brutal Lows documentary where Charlotte Wessels from Delane says something about as a woman, she has to think about what she's going to wear on stage. Mm -hmm. And while her male co-band members don't have to. Mm -hmm. We also just this year talked to this year. What is time even? Charlie Roth. <laughs> we had a, we're still in the pandemic. <laughs> 2019 pandemic, 20 yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> What time is it? It's still a pandemic. <laughs> um, yes, but we just recently talked to Charlie Rolfe from As Everything Unfolds. And she also said um, she would love to wear dresses on stage, but she doesn't want anybody to be looking at her a certain way. Mm. and that was just my point that is an extra an extra task an extra mental load that not everybody shares and that it should be also talked about mm -hmm. and it takes so much time mm -hmm. you have to think about the outfit maybe you have to organize a specific outfit um, make sure that it fits that nothing can be seen that you don't want to be seen yeah no woman pops up in my mind who enters the stage without makeup. So that's another thing that you have to do. So you have to think about so, so many things when it comes to appearance that mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time and you don't have this time to do other things that other people can do while you're, <laughs> you have to think about this stuff. Yeah, You could say, okay, I don't care. But then in the end, people might ask you so many questions and then you have to invest the time later to explain yourself or something like that mm -hmm. maybe you have to recheck with other band members what you really want to say because maybe there is a story that someone else doesn't want to be told so yeah there comes a lot of work with these duties as well that take a lot of time yes and i think we've reached the end of our topic slowly yeah is there something we haven't talked about i want to add that in the end a band should aim for sharing their tasks in a way that everyone feels good with. Mm -hmm. So um, if no one wants to do social media work, you should find a solution together. So again, <laughs> talk to each other. And also, as you already said, the band should talk about all this work that has to be done, not only songwriting and stuff like that. So there, there are so many tasks that somebody has to do, or if you want to uh, reach a higher level, then of course someone has to do this. Also, the band members should know about this mental load and the person who does this managing jobs in the end shouldn't be blamed for maybe doing less songwriting or something something like that because 
they will have less time for practicing or whatever. And yeah, in the end, look at your band, look at the constellation that you have, because you might also have a band member who is only there to play the instrument, <laughs> which yeah. could be completely fine if the band is fine with that and the person is fine with that, do it. It's Of course, that's okay. But the thing is, you should talk about that and you should be aware that the tasks exist and that there is someone who does them. Yes. Wise words, wise words to end the episode. Of course, that <laughs> also, um, of course, that also applies to any other type of relationship, as we were saying in the beginning. We should just be able to talk about things more openly and honestly. And um, I think we can always find solutions for things like that. Yes, if everybody is willing to find a solution, then there will be a solution. Yes. And if they're not, well, I'm sorry, but that cannot work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sometimes, of course, sometimes that's, again, maybe a different topic. But then you come to the conclusion that it doesn't work. And that's also something that you will benefit from later. And then mm -hmm. it, again, was very good to talk about it sooner than later. Yes, exactly. And with that... We say goodbye for now. As I was saying, we have been pre-producing the episodes until I go to Ecuador in next week, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Today is October 21st and I will be flying out on October 30th, which means when you listen to this, I will already be in Ecuador for a month <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, because we are traveling through time today. And so the next few episodes in the next few episodes i might sound different bear with us uh, we will be keeping our rhythm of publishing an, a podcast episode every month and we will see how that goes next year thank you so much for listening meanwhile um you can of course send us your feedback and We would be also interested in how it works in your band. How are the duties shared in your band? Have you ever talked about this or have you ever talked about mental load in general? That would be very interesting for us. So you can maybe write us a message or write it in the comments. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Bleeding Metal Pot. You can find me, power underscore Pia. And I am at Kiki, G-E-G-E -E 87, everywhere. You can reach out to me there as well. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify or subscribe wherever you listen to this. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Wait, 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 wait. We should, we should, we should take a second, a last second. If people have been, have been listening until here, we should give them, we should give them a, an extra, a bonus. Okay. okay. What have you been listening to this week? Or a month. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've been listening to The Sleeper. That is a band from Leipzig. They play, I would say, post-hardcore metalcore. And mm -hmm. I had the, um, the pleasure to listen to the upcoming Eminence album. I think when this episode oh. is out, you don't have to wait <laughs> so much more because the album will be out on November 26th. And um, I will write a review for PowerMetal.de. So I just got the, the stream yesterday and it is awesome. It is really, really good. And <laughs> I've been listening to the new Persona album, Animal. And that is also very, very good. 
I'd say it puts the band on a very new level. I was mm -hmm. totally impressed how especially the guitar work evolved. Mm -hmm. And Helena Dobridge, the singer, she sings in so many different styles. So if you like that, listen to the song Shout Out Loud because she uses every vocal style, every clean vocal style I can think of in this mm -hmm. song and also screams. Um, yeah, very, very good album. What have you been listening to? That's awesome. Album-wise, I'm still listening to Eternal Blue by Spirit Box. Mm -hmm. It's just beautiful. And talking about vocals, I now want to be able to growl and shout and scream even more just to be able to sing all that album. That is beautiful. But otherwise, a few songs here and there from Whitechapel, which is new to me, just mm -hmm. as is the Australian band Make Them Suffer. I didn't know them before. And... Uh, yeah, those are also cool recommendations. Uh, I think Whitechapel is releasing an album very soon. Okay. And um, yes, and A Day to Remember also has this song featuring Cornelia Plant from Spirit Box. So yeah, everything fits together. Whitechapel. I heard from some people who've already been listening to the album that it's very, or that the songs differ a lot <laughs> from each other. Okay, that's good. So, yeah, so that sometimes... You don't know if you're listening to the same album still, <laughs> which is very cool, I think. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, albums that sound the same all throughout are kind of boring at some point. You cannot know which is which. So, mm -hmm. yes. Yes. So thank you. There you go. There you have some uh, music recommendations. If you were looking for some, uh, we might do that. We should do that, like, every every episode. If you listen up until the end, you might discover a few new bands. <laughs> <laughs> and um, have, do you have a podcast recommendation? The only one that comes to mind right now is the Lead Singer Syndrome podcast that I always recommend because that's how I discover many, many bands. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I can recommend one that fits today's topic, but unfortunately it's only in German. Mm -hmm. um, the podcast is called We Care. And it's by Tats. That's a magazine or a, a newspaper from Germany. They have several podcasts. And in this one, they talk about care work and stuff like that. And yeah, I think when it comes to care work, mental load is a really big thing. So if you're interested in stuff like that and you understand German, then I can totally recommend that podcast. All right. And now we shall say goodbye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>